Welcome to the University of Wyoming Today. On this program, you'll hear about what's making the news and about the people and events at UW. You'll also learn about some of the leading research that's taking place at one of the region's top universities. And now, here's today's edition of the University of Wyoming Today. Hi, Jim Kearns with you today. A couple of years ago, the University of Wyoming joined scientists at three other Western universities and the U.S. Forest Service in a five-year, $10 million project to determine if millions of acres of beetle-killed trees can be used to produce high-grade gasoline. Botany professor Dan Tinker says the group is working with a company called Cool Planet Energy System that would use existing technology to produce a sustainable biofuel product. The interesting thing about this project, and I think the reason that USDA found it attractive and wanted to, to let us give it a try, is it's not where you would go somewhere and build a, a $200 million facility and you have to haul all the feedstock to this facility. They have modular transportable uh, small compact systems that they can actually take to a site uh, or to a region. Let's say they would set one up in near Saratoga or something like that and then we would bring wood from the region to this one area and when when it was determined that the, the feedstock was depleted then they pick up the, the modules and they take them somewhere else and set them up where, where your feedstock is available. So that's what that's a little different about this way of doing things. Uh, that's going to have a different carbon footprint because we were cutting down on fuel, on transport costs of the material to the to the plant. So it's a little bit different than than typical logging and taking the wood to the sawmill or taking it to the pellet mill. And botanist Dan Tinker assesses what's been accomplished after the first two years on this bark beetle project. From a sustainability aspect, we have a, a, a whole team working on feedstock availability in the four-state area of Wyoming, Colorado, Montana, Idaho. And so they're trying to develop what, what they're calling it is a feedstock atlas. And they're going to have these maps of, of locations in this four-state area where there's been beetle kill, what tree species are there, the amount of mortality that's happened, the amount of feedstock that might be pulled out of this. That's critical information to know whether or not it's sustainable. How much do we have out there? Because we know, the, the in general, the bark beetle epidemic is, is winding down. So we have the feedstock uh, atlas team, the availability. We have a, a team that's working on the logistics of how you harvest the, the stuff out of these uh, forests where in some places only half the trees may be killed and we want to try to preserve that the 50% of the trees that are still living. And then we have a, a life cycle assessment team and what that means is they're taking all of the carbon flows, ins and outs of the harvesting process, the transportation, the conversion process, biofuel and looking at the big picture of the carbon balance. Is this carbon neutral? Is it carbon positive? Is it carbon negative? So that's sort of the research end of things on the, on the forest side. Thanks, Dan. Sounds quite interesting. The USDA grant also has a substantial community involvement component and includes some health and safety elements as well. UW anthropology professor Sarah Strauss is leading those aspects of this project. What kinds of concerns do people have about the health and safety risks uh, across the board? That means if we leave those dead trees, those beetle-killed trees standing in the forest, that 
creates a certain kind of risk, both for uh, people who use the forest recreationally as well as loggers. Um, if we decide to use get that wood out of there and make a biofuel of a certain type or a biochar, pellets, other kinds of things, there are hazards that are different in terms of transport, in terms of production, and people perceive those risks and hazards differently. And that really begs the question of what kinds of cultural values, social values, historical identity issues that people in these communities related to the forests think about not only in terms of the risks associated with forest product industries, but also with what the health of the forest itself is, what people see as appropriate or desirable uses of the forest, dead or alive. And so understanding not just the economic impacts of deciding to push for a particular biofuel industry in one of these areas, but also the social, the cultural, the historical factors uh, from the very beginning has been a very rewarding part of this project. That's anthropologist Sarah Strauss. She points out that the perceptions are different in Idaho with a robust timber industry than, say, in Colorado, where almost no logging is taking place. And that bark beetle fuel project also has a significant educational component. UW Science and Mathematics Teaching Center coordinator Sylvia Parker is working with elementary and high school teachers on this aspect of the project. One of the things we were interested in working with K-12 teachers is how can folks in this area learn about biofuels, learn about what can be done in their local area related to the resources that are there. So we've recruited about 15 teachers and asked them to look at their own curriculum and the classes that they're teaching to see where would biofuels fit in? Where would it fit in an environmental science class? Where would it fit in for a career and technical education class? Where might it fit in just for a regular biology class? Ultimately, we're hoping that these teachers will be able to share the units that they've put together as well as some assessments so that the materials can be made available to teachers throughout the region, throughout the United States. We think that just by looking out there, if you drive through the mountains anyplace and you see all those dead trees and you wonder, what can we do? Why isn't somebody doing something with it? That by having their teachers acknowledge that, that yeah, this is a real issue and there are lots of different areas we can work in um, and that they might come up with some solutions. They might want to investigate some things, but it's also just a great way to learn some science processes, experiments, as well as learn the actual content. That's Sylvia Parker from the Science and Mathematics Teaching Center. It's all part of the effort to see if millions of acres of beetle-killed trees can be converted into a clean source of energy for the United States. You're listening to the University of Wyoming Today. I'm Jim Kearns. A program that is helping more than 200 University of Wyoming students to succeed in college just got a big boost. The U.S. Department of Education will be providing $374,000 annually for the next five years. That will support the Student Success Services Program. Mike Wade is Associate Director of Student Educational Opportunity at the university he says this will offer several programs to help individuals from disadvantaged backgrounds 
to earn college degrees. Access academic resources on campus, develop study skills, manage their time, do those things that you need to be uh, do well to be successful as a college student. Um, and of course, first-generation college students, the SSS advisors also provide financial advising assistance. So SSS itself doesn't provide that um, like scholarship, but they help SSS students access financial aid by filing the FAFSA, the Federal Application for Financial Aid, to access uh, federal loans, uh, grants like the Pell Grant for low-income students. They also help students identify and apply for scholarships. Um, so that they've got their financial aid figured out and they don't have to worry about that. They also help them with um, career major advising. So if a student comes into the program, they're undecided, not sure what they want to major in, they'll help them complete assessments to understand what they're interested in, what they're good at, match them with a major that fits that. And then also kind of serve as a backup academic advisor to the student's faculty advisor and helping them plan their schedule to stay on track to graduate. Kudos to University of Wyoming College of Education Professor Martin Agron, TASH, the international leader in disability advocacy, is recognizing him for his decades of service advocating for persons with disabilities. And let's not forget Professor Rick Reverend, the founding director of UW Cultural Programs. He received the Wyoming Governor's Arts Award for bringing hundreds of world-renowned artists to perform in Wyoming. And congratulations to the more than 600 students who received their degrees during the university's recent fall commencement ceremonies. Whatever path you land on, you know your degree from UW will serve you well. I'm Jim Kearns, and that's it for my time. Thanks for yours. That's it for this time. Join us again for the next edition of the University of Wyoming Today. 